0: Welcome to Farming God, a Sunday morning podcast on a way to live. Last Tuesday I was at my computer trying to figure out the episode for the week and nothing was piquing my curiosity. My book selection had become stale and as usual no one was returning my emails. Maybe this would be the week I ran out of material. Nothing left to say, Farming God would humbly slide its way into the ever welcoming cyber graveyard, where it would join the likes of Napster, MySpace, Friendster, and Kazaa. Sure, Farming God was never as popular as them, but while huddled around a dimly lit bar, it doesn't matter. The past is what the storyteller makes it. While considering the limitless bounds of the internet and its anthropomorphic failures, my phone buzzed with a text from a friend asking to go visit his brother in northern Michigan. I asked when, Chip said tomorrow. I asked for how long, Chip said until Friday. I said okay. After 12 hours in Chip's 2005 Dodge Neon, we made it to Song of the Morning Yoga Center in Northern Michigan. We didn't leave Friday or Saturday and just barely got out the door before dusk on Sunday. It was hard to leave and you'll soon understand why. All the music in this episode was performed sporadically throughout the week by Chip's brother, Isaac. Thanks for listening.
1: I'm Carol Armour, and I joined staff in 1974. And that shows the, you know, how long I've been involved. <laughs> and um, I spent uh, seven years here as the personnel director and also a personal assistant to the founder, uh, Yogacharya Oliver. And then at this point in time, uh, I'm on the Golden Lotus board that runs the retreat and also on the Clear Light board that runs the community. So we have two boards. We have a, a, a community of um, residents, we have 71 lots that, and 30 of them are leased. And at this point, eight houses are up. So, it's a, it's a, that uh, community project was a long-term idea of Paramahansa Yogananda. He wanted to start spiritual communities. Who was he? Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda is. Um, He's an Indian master that came to the United States in 1920. He, he founded Self-Realization Fellowship, and our retreat here is, exists because he told one of his disciples, Yogacharya Oliver, uh, who was a Detroit businessman, that he wanted a retreat away from the city, and he wanted the community, the retreat and what we haven't gotten into yet but will as time goes on a yoga university so that's a long term plan for the 800 acres now yogacharya oliver uh was uh, a minister of self realization fellowship so that's why when you come here our basic teachings are those of self realization fellowship so uh, uh which is based in los angeles california
0: so this is a Buddhist? or Hindu. No.
1: No. We, uh, Self-Realization Fellowship basically um, uh, teaches the principles of yoga, and uh, they have uh, lessons that you can get through the mail, uh, self-taught lessons, and then um, so uh, yoga, uh, it's so universal now. So many people know about it. It hardly uh, is worth explaining, but the word itself means union union with with God in various levels, you know, and um, in the highest spiritual levels. And it's a universal sort of uh, um, philosophy because people of any religious background or of no religious background can um, learn from it. Um, In fact, um, uh, it's, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Yogacara used to call it sort of the science of spirituality because no matter what your spiritual background or if you're an atheist, it's the actual experience, the experience of spirituality, of higher reality, and the experience of God that matters no matter what. In other words, what's real? So the whole point of yoga is processes that can help you discover what is real, no matter what your background. So that's that's what we're all about here. That's what Self-Realization Fellowship is all about.
0: What was uh, o- Oliver?
1: Yes, his name was uh, J. Oliver Black. He was a wealthy businessman from the Detroit area. Uh, he made uh, his. Uh, he died in 1989 at the age of 96. So uh, he lived a long time. What was uh, he like? uh, we have tapes. If you have an old cassette player, do you? I have a bunch of tapes of his services, and you can find out straight from his own mouth if you'd like. Yeah.
0: What are you most excited about for the
1: future? For the future, for me, because because Yogacharya was a man of deep spirituality that you don't find around every corner. You can find a lot of people talking about it, but few who've gotten to those higher levels that you can actually know as a as a human being. To me, what excites me most is seeing that what he told us, what his plans were for the future, and what he told us what happened as. Uh, to see them happen and manifest. It's really quite exciting for me. Uh, Some of the things he talked about in the old days, nobody was talking about. One of them, for instance, just as an instance, um, everybody talks about global warming nowadays. Back in the 1970s, he was telling us that this area here of the retreat where we're, you know, we're in northern Michigan, right, was going to end up being uh, subtropical. <laughs> now, he didn't say in our lifetime, but look at, now look at, uh, now back in those days, that might have sounded ridiculous, but it certainly doesn't sound ridiculous now. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just one instance. Um, I could give you another one of them was way back in the 70s when, Yoga, like we were kind of a fringe group at that point. Like, you know, what is yoga back in the 70s? Are we some kind of cult? You understand the thinking when something new comes out. Well, uh, he told us then that yoga was on the horizon. The time would come that, it would, and look at it right now. It certainly is. Who, you know, how many yoga groups are there in the world now? So, I mean, it, it just gives you an idea of the little things that have happened. Now, the main. Plan for this place, as I said, was the retreat, which you see you've been at when our meditations last night. The invocation that you heard was to the line of Socialization Fellowship man, uh, Masters. That when we the prayer that started our meditation last night and our Sunday service, so that's you know that's our foundation here. Then um, then, the community took a bit longer to get going because number one where's the money you know to set up a big project so um in the year 2000 that uh project officially started it was under our second director a man named uh, mr bob Raymer, who was also a direct disciple of paramahansa yogananda both men whose purpose was to fulfill the the, the mission of uh, yogananda in in deeper spiritual life and discipleship okay um, the goal of the person is to fulfill the um, the wishes of the teacher, and that's how they pass down through the through the time period. That way, when it comes down to people of lesser, let's say, spiritual development, you don't lose the higher perspective. You just carry it down and fulfill it as you grow spiritually. So anyway, I could go on and on, so don't so watch this out.
0: I, this idea of living in community, like living potentially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is really appealing to yes. a lot of people. Yes, yes. What has worked and what hasn't worked?
1: Well, the main, most important thing, you know the old saying that um, the family that prays together stays together? Obviously, with a lot of people, you're going to have more than one opinion, right? That's just the way people are because we're all individuals, and and it was actually made that way. What are you going to do, you know? Uh, But when people get together and meditate together in the evening, um, something happens... um, I think, you know, I don't know what your background is in understanding these terminologies, but uh, everyone has an energy pattern around them. You get together in that kind of calm state, and your energy patterns tend to mix, you see. So without any external effort, you're smoothing out some of your, uh, getting to see the other side a little bit better and vice versa and so on. And so um, even though in a group, A community group, you might have different opinions. Uh, The basic underlining is really a deep, really deep harmony. And I think you'll find that in talking to any of our community members. And uh, another thing that has been useful for us, I think, is that since we're just at the beginning and people are just beginning to build their houses. Every new family gets a chance to kind of blend in one at a time, rather than getting 20 houses up at once, and then, well, well, now what am I going to do? I'm out here in the woods, and this and that. It's worked out very well that way. Now, for other groups starting, the one thing we had going that really gave us strength in getting the project under underfoot is that we were already a community around Yogacharya Oliver. Down at his services in Detroit, up here, people were coming from all over, and they'd you know, listened to him for years before he passed on. So he passed on in 89, the community didn't really get under underfoot until about 2000. Took about 10 years of legal work prior to that. So that's why, But but so we had a solidity already, mm-hmm. you know, And we actually think of ourselves really more almost like brothers and sisters, you know. You can have a disagreement with your brother, but that's not gonna change anything with your relationship with him. I think that's what a real community is all about,
0: so. So what are you up to today?
1: Obviously watering the plants. Uh, If you live uh, in the community, you also have your personal life as well as what you participate. I have my niece coming and nephew and her kids and so on and my brother, so I'm getting ready for that. That's what I'm doing.
2: And what do I do here, or what do I do in life?
0: What what do you do?
2: I do a lot of things. I create music on my guitar. Um, Songs, and I sing them. I also am a student at Oakland University, finishing my last year come fall. Thank goodness, it's time. How old are you? I'm 22 years old.
0: How do you see yourself and where you're going and the age you are?
2: Um, I see myself thriving and surviving. That's my main focus, surviving and thriving. Um, I definitely know that I love uh, nature and I love being creative. So whatever path I choose, I need to be living somewhere where I can be outdoors a lot and also... In a career that's creative and I'm not just doing the same task in a cubicle.
0: Are you optimistic about post-graduation?
2: Um, I am optimistic. <laughs> I'm optimistic um, because I've taken a different path in my academic journey. I feel like it hasn't been like most. I took a year off. To figure things out, and I feel like I've grown a lot, so I'm not really afraid of graduating. I'm excited to explore different opportunities and meet new people, and um, I just like the unknown. It's it challenges me and excites me.
0: Last question: What are you gonna take away from "Song in the Morning"?
2: Uh, um. That I just sometimes the unexpected things in life like the things you least that you fear can be amazing I feared this place I thought it was a cult <laughs> and it isn't and um, in fact it's beautiful and I just I will miss like how the oxygen is here with all the trees I'll miss the people but I know I can always come back There's already a guitar. Your hair looks so Aaron. This is a very good look for you. I know. It uh,
0: suits yeah. your personality well. I uh, want it. Like this more. Thank you. How did you. Okay, so <laughs> you are, who are you and what are you doing here?
3: That's a good question. I'm asking myself the same question all the time. <laughs> Both of those questions literally are a big part of what I'm doing here. Really? Who am I? Yeah, that's like a fundamental question in. Yoga, is asking the question like, who am I?
0: Yeah. Really, <laughs> who am I really? I, I like. I've been asking a lot of people it because it's, it's here especially, that it's. People are very aware of that question, hmm. and like maybe in other situations when you ask someone, who are you? What do you do? Yeah. I'm Steve. I work at, blank.
3: Right. Right. You want to
0: take a stab at it or?
3: sure i can give like the generic answer to start Start that makes sense yeah my (laughs) name is justine markey and i'm 26 years old i've been living here for three years so it's definitely a longer stretch than most people end up staying here it's even though it's only three years i'm considered like one of the you know, senior staff because of that. Our turnover here is pretty high just because it's a place where people come through to transition in life. So Mm. people kind of flow in and out a lot. And actually that was my intention when I came here, was just to be here for the summer. So I came here because my best friend from college was running yoga fest. And we did event planning together in college. And I was working in a school in Detroit doing AmeriCorps. The year after college, and she came up here, which seemed really like normal. Like I was in, interested in working with youth, and she was always like, she was really interested in yoga and this this sort of scene. And I, I would hop on board with her sometimes, but I was more like, that's cool that you do that, but I like what I'm into. Like I have a passion for like education, equality, and working and mentoring like youth. So mm. something I like really cared about and ca- still care about. So at the time, I was like, when she was asking me to come up for the summer. I was like, that's a really cool idea, not really my thing. But I don't know how, like, you know how life works. Everything just sort of clicked into place, and it just ended up being that my summer opened up, and I came up here. So that was three three summers ago wow. I came up. And my intention was to just come up for the summer, help her with Yoga Fest, be her right-hand woman. And that's what we did. We put on Yoga Fest together, which is a blast. Yeah. I love working with her. Yeah. And then... Um, we were going to travel together. We were going to both leave here and like go to Hawaii or California or do something cool like that. And a bunch of situations in my like personal life sort of arose and I wasn't able to go with her to California or Hawaii or wherever we were going to (laughs) go. She ended up going to Hawaii, but I couldn't go with her. So I ended up staying here and it was still temporary. It was very much like, okay, I'm going to try this out for a little bit and see where I end up, you know, where I want to go next in my life in general. Because it was, like, post-college life. Like, who knows what to do after college?
4: Yeah.
3: And I, I definitely didn't know what to do. So... But you really try to know, like, act like you know. Well, it's like, what everyone's
0: asking you. Right. Like, what so, are you going to do?
3: Right. So you're always like, oh, like, have this, like, sense of a plan, even though you don't have a plan and you really have no idea. So I was definitely in that place. And looking back now, I'm like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I just kept doing that thing where I answered people's question yeah. of, like, what are you doing? And, and in a way, like, kind of trying to convince myself that i knew what i was doing Uh so i ended up staying here like for the fall after that and then i got asked to do yoga fest again to plan Mm -hmm. the event and i said i would Mm
1: -hmm.
4: so
3: then i stayed through the next summer and then i was gonna leave after that and then i i yeah i just kept staying i I kept getting asked to like stay through the next season because they need help with you know the fall is a busy season
0: yeah
3: and then i ended up doing yoga fest again. So it was always like this cycle, this six, months, six month cycle.
0: So you've become much more though than a, like some sort of event planner because I mean at night when we do the meditation, you're singing the chants and playing the harmonium. Yeah. So it seems like it's, it's been more than just kind of a typical yeah, job in a sense. How has your position here, understanding of this place changed since you first came? Hmm.
3: When I first came here, I had very little exposure to yoga and meditation. Like I'd been to yoga studios and had sat in a couple meditation groups, but I definitely didn't comprehend the depth of what's happening here. It was much more of like I think in a way you could say that I knew it on a trend level. Like it's cool to live in cooperatives in college if that's like your scene like co-ops are cool like it's just kind of hip in a way to be like a vegetarian to like be partaking in this alternative lifestyle so i think that was definitely where i was at when i came here like cool this is kind of like i'm kind of cool and i'm kind of into this because this is kind of something i'm attracted to but i don't necessarily know why in its depth Mm -hmm. and when i was working in detroit i was mentoring kids And I really clearly felt like I didn't have something to offer in the way I wanted to. I felt like I was just telling them the same old life advice I had been told about working hard and trying your best, and it just felt so superficial. And so when I decided to stay here, it was actually because I felt some hint of, okay, there's something going on here that's like the real deal. Like there's something happening in this place that speaks to what life is actually really about and what we're actually like meant to be doing here on this planet. On like this deeper level, and I and I didn't know what that was though. So I was like, "Oh, cool, alternative lifestyle." There's something going on here that feels really special. And now, three years later, I think I still don't exactly know what's going on here. In the same way, I don't know what's going on with life. Like, who knows what's going on in this world and life? Like, I don't know. Like, we try to come up with answers all the time of to explain the point and purpose of human existence and so I think in the same way I don't know exactly what's happening but I can say that I feel like what we're doing here is practicing another way of living and another way of being as humans and it's almost like this container for experiencing what life could be like for everyone on this planet and there's struggles here of course like it's still life like wherever you go there you are so certainly it's not like some people think oh it must just be this perfect peaceful tranquil experience and that's just not true all the time because it's us people Mm -hmm. living together Mm -hmm. but there's definitely an intention and an intention here to treat people differently to like go about life differently to be more thoughtful to pause
0: so you've seen hundreds of people come through here people like me just kind of swinging through who know know someone who knows someone that they're (laughs) in and out they kind (laughs) of see them kind of don't how how do you see i mean like you can probably compartmentalize these people as in transition periods Mm. have you learned anything from their transitions about your own of this Mm. three-year you so-called transition i guess we're all probably in some sort of transition constantly but is there anything that you learn by meeting the hundreds of people about these periods in life and how Mm. we can take Uh, things that we learn at places like this and apply them to less transitional periods of life?
3: Hmm.
0: It's kind of a two-part question.
3: I think one of the main things that I've learned seeing so many people come through here is that it's always, it's like a continuous journey that never ends. It just gets deeper and deeper. And we we find clarity in moments, and we find over time that through the practice of yoga and meditation that we're able to maybe live a, a life that's more internally like connected and guided. But that it doesn't matter. People who've been on the path for forty years or people who've been who are like new to yoga and meditation. I think I just see that everyone's just searching for like purpose and peace. And I think seeing people come through here, it just really shows that, that there's, there's not like a final destination ending that I'm like, wow, they like got it. It's like, everyone's still just on the journey. And even like the same lessons that people are learning who are newer or younger, are the same lessons that someone who's been here for 40 years is learning, it's,
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, it's just like a refinement, like a continual refinement. And so seeing even like this crew of summer people be here, the interns and work exchange seeing them like transition in the next phase of their life it's like you'd think it'd, it'd be like oh i already have those answers i'm 26 like i i'm not in that stage anymore but it's just not true like and i think that's like the big thing i've learned is that And it's still, it's hard lesson to accept for me because I have this idea that I'll figure it out, that I'll have the answers and I'll know how to live. And then I'll be like, all right, cool, got it. And I think the thing I've learned being here three years is, oh, that's just not how it works. Thinks that's true is once you like get into this like path of, of yoga deeper and deeper you just you, you, there's no going back and so it's not like you just go back to your life and like wow now I'm living my life different because there's something about life and about like what you connect in with during yoga and meditation to some extent that's like making all of us realize that there's something way deeper and more going on here and so even if your goal was to be better at your job and have better relationships like very normal human goals of like living a productive happy life and yoga and meditation can be an out like a way to get there but I think if you are here in particular like there's some paths that are more secular and allow people for example mindfulness becoming so popular it's much more like oh cool I like have this practice and I'm taking it back into my life and I'm doing mindfulness practice it's very Um, yeah it's very secular and I think that's great because it's accessible for people but what I do think is different about here is that there is just a there's a soul here with the people with the place and it connects you to something that I think when you leave you're like oh wow I can't live without that and maybe you can just find it in yourself but I think it has a lot to do with community like the fact that we're here together is like and it's so communal it's not like oh we're all just like quietly meditating on our own and not talking. It's very social. It's very like dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I think life isn't really like this. Like you may have like social stuff at work, but then it's layered with just like the weirdness of your job and maybe you're hanging out with your friends or you're wherever you are, there's always these layers of like inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. And so I think something that you experience here that I know has changed my life forever outside of yoga and meditation like the benefits and like the potential with that like that aside I feel like just people like to be with people in such like an amazing real way mm-hmm. it's like rare
0: and you've lived it for three years and that's that's something you're probably in a vast minority of people who's act who have actually lived in some sort of intentional way especially as unique as this I guess in the last a 100 years maybe when and if or if you leave uh, this place how will you bring the community and the mindfulness and everything that you've been a part of here into some sort of more traditional setting, hmm. or will you just not enter into a traditional setting?
3: That's a really, that's a really good question. I've actually wondered the same. I've wondered that myself. It's to be to be really honest. I think it's one of the reasons I haven't left yet mm-hmm. is because I'm just not quite sure, like yeah what I'm wanting and there is a part of me that kind of feels like I made in a way like I may just be called to this work or whatever however you want to put it like I love this like I I went to school for um community like governance and advocacy and community organizing was like a big part of what I was interested in mm-hmm. and I definitely didn't come here thinking I would be doing that but I realize it more and more like oh like that's kind of what I'm doing here is building community uh-huh. and it's something I really feel like is a something that's deep in my heart like i feel drawn to do that kind of work so i may just be doing this kind of stuff wherever i go Mm
4: -hmm.
3: but when it comes to like what we're doing here isn't normal day-to-day life like how intentional how like just everything is like, not yeah. how the world operates. Yeah,
0: just stop working at one o'clock and do some chants. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
3: because yeah. it feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> right, exactly. Like people aren't doing that <laughs> out in the world. They're like reading together in the morning before we start the day yeah. and like praying before our meals together, whatever yeah. it is. Like yeah. people aren't doing that. And I, I get that when one of the things that the founder, um, Yogacharya, Oliver Black and his guru Paramahansa Yogananda were really about like what they would call householder yogis and so the idea with even Song of the Morning's creation was that it wasn't supposed to be an ashram where people are monks or nuns renunciates and are living this like life that's not how a normal person lives like and so the idea with Song of the Morning and with the work that Yogananda and Oliver Black were like really about is, well, one of the things Yogananda was about, and definitely Oliver Black, was helping people be in the world. Like, go in the world, get a normal job, like, get a house, have a life, like, have a family, and be a yogi at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, a big part of what this place is meant to be, for people to come here and learn and then go back to their homes. Like, that's part of the intention, and even the intention of the space itself is to be more householder-like. So even though we stop at, like, midday to chant sometimes, it's still way different than if you were to go to an ashram. and I don't know if you've been to an ashram before, but no. I, I would encourage you to because I think you would it give you a lot of context about this because this is kind of like a halfway. This is an intentional community and a, and a spiritual community. so there's elements of like ashram life.
4: Uh-huh.
3: but if you go to a like a traditional ashram, mm-hmm that's all they're doing is spiritual practice and karma yoga. Really? And it's just a different, it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And going to an ashram and then entering back into the world is even more extreme than coming somewhere like here. Mm-hmm. Because here, you know, we have, a, we have jobs and we're much more, like we're not, um, we haven't taken vows of renunciation. Yeah. Like sure, we don't have alcohol on the property or we don't have certain substances, but it's so minimal, like what we've like given up.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So when I think about going back into the world, I, I am excited as time goes on. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to like maybe go back and have a job out in the world and just within my own heart like carry what it is I know I have connected with here. Mm-hmm. And it not, doesn't have to be like, oh, I do this kind of, I'm in spiritual community fully wherever I go because I feel like what I, what I most hope is that I can just have it inside myself and have a normal job, yeah. like work in a school. And not be like, oh, Justine's a yogi. She's always talking about meditation. Like, no, I like the idea of it being just my own. Mm -hmm. And then I share it by means of just, like, how I live with people. Like, how I, I don't even know how it would look exactly, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have time. Yeah. So. As someone who studied community organizing or social justice kind of things, an onlooker to this situation may say, this fine and great, everyone's practicing, being mindful about how they live. But down the road in Vanderbilt, Michigan, just for example, there's a meth problem maybe, or there's Mm, poverty or there's mass unemployment. How can we continue to cultivate this... Uh, egolessness when at the same time it's almost feels like mm. we're pulling away out of that situation
3: that's like oh that's the question of the of the moment I think in time right now I feel that especially being someone who is like cares about social equity and like being engaged and involved with our like society and that, on that level it feels like this can be like, escapism like checking out can feel like oh I'm like doing good stuff when really it can feel like it's really about you and that's a really big issue I think in spirituality is trying to figure out how it's not just about self healing I'm, I'm doing this for myself and that's important that's something we're lacking in our culture is taking time to like take care of ourselves and I think that has a ripple effect in how we treat other people so I think it's really important for people to spend time here but I also think it's personally this is just my everyone has different opinions on that question when it comes to yoga there's that's a big debate is like how do we engage in this world? Like, are we just supposed to focus on the spiritual stuff and realize all of that's illusion and just like, not get it entangled in it, or do you like engage with it? And 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 if you do, in what way? So I personally just like my very own personal answer to that is I really want to be involved in the world, and when it comes to things like that in particular, Vanderbilt, it's to me huge. It's like okay, we're here and we're living this like really abundant life eating super delicious food living this beautiful place drinking all this clean air and clean water just taking it all in and I think from my perspective I've the way I've taken action from that is um is just outreach and it's just personal and that's what I think it is I think it's a personal decision Hmm. as a person who's on a spiritual path like But I think it's an important question to ask yourself. Mm. What am I doing to share this with others? And how am I making it so it's accessible for people who are not from a certain demographic, which tends to be, like, middle-upper-class white people Mm -hmm. or Caucasian people who are in a place like this? I mean, it's just the fact of yoga at this current point in time because of the cost of it. And also just, like, how it's been manifest in the United States means it's become a, a white space. That's, like, a term that's used for, like, spaces that... Predominantly are people like white people, and that just naturally means people of color aren't gonna feel comfortable entering into them. Not mm-hmm. all people of color, but just in general, like oh, that might not be for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that is really hurtful. Like that makes me like be like, dang, what am I? How do I make it so that's less the, less of the case? And so that's something I've really thought about since I've been here a lot, mm-hmm. because I I really care about everyone being able to come to a place like this and feel comfortable. And everyone being able to like have the benefits of meditation. So one of the things we've done is um the last year we went into like the Vanderbilt School and we've done like mindfulness with the teachers. So we did like a mindfulness course with them over That's the course great. of the year. Uh-huh. And so little things like that nice. to me are like an effort Absolutely. to share. Yeah. And you have to have to know like it's there's a lot of obstacles there, like mm-hmm. with entering those spaces.
0: I'm sure. I I remember gandhi kind of flipped this thing on its head and he said that he was being selfish by living in this world and that the true selfless selfless thing was to like zen out in some sort mm. of mon- monk monk yeah. monastery kind of thing so that, that kind of like flipped things around for me like wait which one's which yeah I mean, what does it mean to be a yogi
3: i'm sure that's different for everyone when i say it i just mean in the most general sense someone who has a committed like sadhana meditation hatha yoga some type of practice yoga practice that's rooted in ancient tradition in some way like and i think maybe more specifically someone who's like really committed to it to -hmm. some extent
0: cool But just one last thing is there anything else that we missed anything that
3: no, I like that you asked that last question though, and I think it's cool that you brought up that um, bit about Gandhi. I think that's, I think that is a huge question right now mm. with this like movement of yoga and meditation. Is mm. what is what is the role of the yogi in this like current day and age? Like, do we like say no? The best thing I can do is to like, as you put it, like Zen out, like just go, like invest in these types of spaces not get entangled or Mm -hmm. or there's a spectrum and i think it's easy for it to be one or the other because it's again like back to that thing about wanting there to be like clear clear answers Mm -hmm. that's just how we i know i'm like that like it's either one or the other it's either do this or do that And it's just like not true like the truth is that everything like it's the middle way like it's always this middle way and it's every moment you have to decipher like how to walk on that razor's edge of knowing within yourself like what it means to have an answer for yourself and live it but do you have any thoughts on it like are you just (laughs) asking questions that have come to you have you thought about it much
0: no i think it's there's a spectrum obviously Uh, are you talking about engaging in these sort of situations yeah just
3: i mean just from your perspective as someone for whatever whatever bit you've engaged in these kinds of spaces or with yogis or people who are into Mm -hmm. meditation like. What do you think? Do you feel like you've...
0: I guess I could speak to a trend within younger populations. In this I started off in more of a Christian sphere where hmm. young people were looking in for Christianity who was pushing the edge of Christianity. Hmm. And that I saw that it was... Millennials were not satisfied with throwing a can of soup in a box and calling it a day. They wanted to build a fence, tear down a house, like do, like get dirty, feel something, do yoga, go to the bar and drink, like feel something, Mm. like run a hundred mile marathon. (laughs) Yeah. And a a huge part of that is kind of being involved, like doing something that actually is in touch with something bigger than themselves. Um, Yeah. And a big part of that was community outreach, social justice kind of stuff. As much as we say it though, a lot of times it just becomes hashtag ofism, hashtagism mm. or whatever you want to yeah. call it. So i I'm really exploring how how uh. this sort of morally infused social justice can play a part in the next generation.
4: Huh.
3: Wow, that's really cool. I that's a question that's really important to me too. It's like it's not just about like, I think we as especially as millennials like, you know, just this next generation up and coming, it, they were just so interested, I think in doing things, taking action. Like making a difference, but I really hope too that we're also interested in asking like the critical questions it takes to be aware of like What it really means to help what it really means to serve and who are we really trying to serve? Are we looking to feel good just so we can feel good or are we looking to actually do something that has a like a Sustainably or has a sustainable like impact mm-hmm. on like people and empowers people so I feel like I feel like I trust that we're asking those questions, and they're not always being asked, but I trust that they're being asked more than ever before, at least. Which is really important.
0: <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> I really like the way, I really like your voice when you sing. This is kind of, I think we'll wrap it up now, but I really like the way you sing those uh, the hymn things that we do at night. Oh, really? Could I put you on the spot? Could you sing one? Oh, <laughs> 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 oh
3: man okay why not I mean here we are sure um hmm
4: all right Mm. door of my heart open wide I keep for thee door of my heart Open wide I keep for thee. Wilt thou come, wilt thou come, just for once come to me? Wilt thou come, wilt thou come, just for once come to me? Will my days fly away? Without seeing Thee, my Lord, will my days fly away. Without seeing Thee, my Lord, night and day, night and day, I look for Thee night and day. Night and day, night and day, day, I look for Thee night and day, Dora. My heart open wide I keep for
0: about visiting Song of the Morning at songofthemorning.org Smoke Signals at farminggod.org Subscribe to Farming God at iTunes or Stitcher to be notified next week when part three comes out. See you next week.